You're listening to the Cyberwire Network, powered by N2K. Don't struggle to align your organization's cybersecurity with business risk. Get the only solution that goes beyond reacting to threats with vulnerability and risk monitoring. You need the next evolution of MDR, and only Critical Start delivers it. Critical Start doesn't just monitor and respond to threats. They put you in control by detecting suspicious activities, quickly responding to contained threats, and identifying your most critical assets and protecting them against vulnerabilities and exposures. With continuous visibility, expert guidance, and measurable risk reduction, Critical Start has redefined what it means to manage cyber risk. Demonstrate provable security maturity to your leadership while positioning your program to achieve the greatest risk reduction per dollar spent. Stop fearing risk and start managing it with Critical Start. Visit criticalstart.com and request a demo today. That's criticalstart.com. DNC chair takes the fall for DNC doxing. ISIS and Al-Qaeda compete to inspire terror. Authorities miss some attempts, stop others. And Motown meets malware. Our notes on the inaugural Billington Global Automotive Cybersecurity Summit, including notes on safety, autonomous vehicles, bug bounties, and information sharing. I'm Dave Bittner in Baltimore with your CyberWire summary for Monday, July 25th, 2016. WikiLeaks has released a tranche of documents taken from the U.S. Democratic National Committee. They include donor lists, including, unfortunately, a great deal of personally identifiable information about individual donors, which many observers think was an unintentional mistake on the part of WikiLeaks. More interestingly, they include a lot of intra-party emails. These are the documents exciting the most outrage, particularly among supporters of Senator Sanders' candidacy, because they appear to show close coordination between the DNC and the Clinton campaign. The Sanders campaign said over the weekend that it expects accountability for all this, and some of the accountability the Sanders camp expects seems to have come in the form of the resignation of DNC chair Debbie Wasserman Schultz. Consensus among observers holds that Russian intelligence services gave WikiLeaks the documents. Essentially no one anymore buys the Guccifer 2.0 sock puppet story. It's all Cozy Bear and Fancy Bear, that is, Russia's FSB and GRU. Why Russian intelligence would have publicly doxed the DNC is another question. The DNC's spin is that it's because President Putin would prefer to see a President Trump than a President Clinton. The Republican National Committee's answering spin is that this is ridiculous. Preference for a President Sanders above both these alternatives seems to have escaped the speculators as a possibility. That the Russian government would want influence over an American election seems clear enough, but what outcome it might be pushing is not so clear. Even less clear is what, if any, the official American response should be. Motherboard publishes a piece by King's College London's Thomas Ridd, in which he argues that the government of the U.S., and for that matter the government of the U.K., can't safely remain officially silent to Russian attempts to manipulate an election. More terror attacks over the weekend are attributed to ISIS inspiration, either definitively, as in the Middle East, or tentatively, as in Bavaria. The shootings in Florida yesterday seem, police say, to have no terrorist motivation or connection. 
online monitoring apparently enabled Brazilian authorities to disrupt plans to attack targets around the Rio Olympics. The judge presiding over the case in Brazil credits both Facebook and Twitter with having helped police gain insight into the would-be terrorists' intentions. Both ISIS and its jihadist rivals and al-Qaeda continue to call for attacks throughout the Dar al-Harb. That would be where most of you listening to this podcast live. With al-Qaeda specifically urging lone wolf kidnappings of Westerners to be held as bargaining chips for prisoner exchanges. Turkey continues its post-coup attempt crackdown, initiating a state of emergency and, temporarily at least, suspending adherence to the European Convention on Human Rights. The EU has protested. Turkey's government is also demanding that the U.S. extradite Muslim cleric Fethullah Gulen, who's been living stateside in self-imposed exile for some years. The Turkish foreign ministry says he was a leader of the failed coup and that failure to extradite him will adversely affect Turkey's relations with the U.S. The U.S. says it wants more proof of a crime. Anonymous hackers, generally pro-coup or at least anti-Erdogan, are currently active against Turkish targets, one of which is energy provider Izmir Gaz. In industry news, Core Security has acquired Dambala. The price Core paid for the Atlanta-based Dambala is reported by the Atlanta Business Chronicle to be around $9 million, which represents, the Chronicle says, pennies on the dollar for Dambala's investors. And TechCrunch reports a pretty noisy exit from stealth. Stackpath has emerged with $180 million in funding, led by Abri Partners, and four acquisitions already queued up. Max CDN, Fireblade, Cloak, and Staminus. Last Friday, we attended the inaugural Billington Global Automotive Cybersecurity Summit in Detroit. The summit drew leaders of the automotive and security industries, as well as from universities, the U.S. federal government, and the state of Michigan. The summit was held immediately after Auto ISAC, that is the Automotive Information Sharing and Analysis Center, released its set of industry-specific cybersecurity best practices. Several themes emerged during the proceedings. First, the automotive industry believes it's in a good position to build in security before it sustains a serious, dedicated attack on its products, and it views the Auto ISAC recommendations as a good initial step. The U.S. Department of Transportation is also preparing to release a set of guidelines for automotive cybersecurity in the near future. And it's noteworthy that the industry's focus, at least insofar as the summit's discussions were concerned, is on the cybersecurity of its products. Second, senior automotive industry leaders said they were determined to regard vehicular cybersecurity as akin to a safety issue, and not a field in which they intend to see competitive advantage. The U.S. Department of Transportation, too, sees automotive cybersecurity as a space where it should be possible to realize significant gains in highway safety. Thus, there was much talk of collaboration and threat intelligence shared by executives from several automotive manufacturers. There were also many welcoming overtures to the White Hat vulnerability research community and considerable willingness on display to use crowdsourced bug hunting, as Fiat Chrysler is already doing. Toyota's and Honda's participation suggested that this interest is not confined to U.S. manufacturers. Third, the industry appears intensely interested in lessons to be learned from other sectors, with the defense and aerospace sectors in particular seen as a useful well of experience. Finally, looking toward the future, it's clear that the industry sees the coming advent of fully autonomous vehicles as both transformative and effectively inevitable. It's possible, several experts said, that we may see fully autonomous cars operating on the roads within 10 years and available on an ordinary retail basis. 
And while the automotive industry is concerned about drivers' privacy, it's clear they're more concerned with their safety. As one industry analyst said during the event, I love my privacy. I want to be alive to enjoy it. Every day, your IAM tech debt grows. Your multi-generational services struggle to work together. Building an identity fabric can fix this. It makes all your identity tooling stronger and allows you to connect any app to any service you want to use with zero coding, zero maintenance, and zero app downtime. Strata's identity orchestration platform separates the identity logic from your applications so you can optimize existing IAM tools and manage them in a single control plane. Now, every vendor, standard, and architecture work together. In short, building your identity fabric means you can secure your non-standard apps, keep your complex access policies, retire outdated IDPs, and modernize in record time. So build your fabric with Strata Identity and get rid of tech debt for good. Visit strata.io slash cyberwire, share your identity priorities, and receive a pair of AirPods Pro. Offer valid for organizations over 5,000 employees. Connect today at strata.io slash cyberwire. The IT world used to be simpler. You only had to secure and manage environments that you controlled. Then came new technologies and new ways to work. Now, employees, apps, and networks are everywhere. This means poor visibility, security gaps, and added risk. That's why Cloudflare created the first-ever connectivity cloud. Visit cloudflare.com to protect your business everywhere you do business. And I'm pleased to be joined once again by Dr. Charles Clancy. He's the director of the Hume Center for National Security and Technology at Virginia Tech. Dr. Clancy, uh, I know you wanted to tell us about security and privacy for smart cities. Let's start off by telling our audience, what do you mean when you're talking about a smart city? A smart city is a new concept uh, that is gaining a lot of traction across both the local and regional government uh, area, but also uh, companies that are involved in, in big data and analytics. And it's essentially where you take the IT systems of a municipality and begin to integrate the systems and the data that's generated by those systems. And this could include things like schools, libraries, transportation systems, public utilities, uh, and public safety and law enforcement. Uh, and the idea is that if you're able to aggregate all this information, uh, you're able to run analytics on it that can generally improve the quality of life for the residents uh, of that city. And there have been a number of, of really interesting pilots uh, that have happened over the last few years across the world looking at different aspects of this, things like uh, the sorts of instrumentation that might be useful for developing a smart city uh, to open platforms for analytics that might run on the data that's generated uh, by uh, these smart cities. And of course, anytime you're you're gathering and aggregating data, you've got issues with security and privacy. So how does that apply to smart cities? Uh, exactly. So uh, law enforcement, for example, is very interested in being able to leverage this data for things like predictive policing, uh, which raises a lot of concerns uh, about civil liberties and privacy. In general, there are, are key challenges with identity management, um, uh, privacy of, of citizen data and how that data gets used, and then security of the systems that are holding uh, that data. 
there's a, a number of emerging protocol standards in the world of machine-to-machine communications, a uh, new IETF standard uh, called the Constrained Application Protocol, uh, and a number of legacy uh, messaging protocols such as uh, MQTT and AMQP, um, all of which uh, support security features like uh, TLS and DTLS for encryption of data. Um, but so far, uh, I haven't seen really much in the way of uh, robust authorization of that data, uh, mostly because these pilots so far have been uh, fairly uh, rudimentary in their development and demonstrations. So personally, I think there needs to be a lot more work uh, in, in the area of authorization and how this data gets used. And I think so far, really, people haven't even begun looking at the cloud uh, backends and the security of those uh, to make them resilient to, to hackers who may seek to uh, mine a significant amount of data all in one place. Are there any cities that are on the brink of implementing these kinds of things? Any, anybody doing any pilot projects in the real world? Uh, indeed, there are, are pilots going on uh, across the United States uh, and in Europe as well. Um, here in Arlington, Virginia, uh, Virginia Tech is uh, very involved with the Smart City Initiative uh, here in the National Capital Region, and it's a cornerstone of the, uh, our current uh, research thrust in cyber-physical system security. Dr. Charles Clancy, thanks for joining us. Are lengthy security reviews pulling attention away from your security program? With the largest network of trust centers, Vanta can help you streamline security reviews to win customer trust, save time, and close deals fast. Proactively demonstrate security by showcasing key resources like your SOC 2 or ISO 27001 and provide real-time evidence for passing controls. And when a security questionnaire is required, Vanta takes the first pass for you. Visit vanta.com slash cyber to take a self-serve tour. That's vanta.com slash cyber. And that's the CyberWire. We are proudly produced in Maryland by our talented team of editors and producers. I'm Dave Bittner. Thanks for listening. Hi, everybody. It's Maria Varmazas here, your host over at T-Minus Space Daily and sometimes a guest on Hacking Humans, too. We here at N2K CyberWire work hard to bring you concise, intelligence-driven news and commentary, and we'd like to know how we're doing. Please take a few minutes to complete our audience survey and share your feedback to help us continue to grow and meet your needs. Visit cyberwire.com slash survey. That's cyberwire.com slash survey to get started. Thanks so much for your input as we reach for the stars. It means the universe to us. And now a word from our sponsor, SpyCloud, the leader in operationalizing cybercrime analytics. Traditional threat intelligence is a thing of the past. Cyber criminals are stealing vast amounts of credentials, session cookies, and financial data every day, and it's hard to keep up. SpyCloud is the trusted partner businesses turn to to fully understand their darknet exposure risk and neutralize threats before it's too late. 
SpyCloud alerts your organization as soon as an employee or customer's data appears on the dark net, so you can act faster than bad actors to prevent cyber attacks like ransomware, session hijacking, account takeover, and online fraud. With insights from the industry's largest repository of recaptured data, protect the digital identities and systems most important to your business. Get your free corporate darknet exposure report at spycloud.com slash cyberwire and see what information criminals have in their hands today. That's spycloud.com slash cyberwire. Cyberwire. 